Recording from St. Petersburg, Florida, welcome to DevSec Lead. We're dedicated to lifting people up through sessions with folks who are making a difference in our industry. Our next guest I met on the Twitterverse, and I really wanted to speak with somebody who's active on the social media platform. Why? The stream of consciousness from various folks who use this platform are influencing people every day. Topics are all over the place, but one that does stick out is women in cybersecurity. So while I was focused on learning a little bit more about this topic, I wanted to learn a little bit more about the person whom you're about to listen to. I was extremely impressed with where she began, some of the challenges she's faced as a young adult, and how she plans to impact the world. Not only that, she's a co-founder for a new initiative to help women get into our field. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to DevSec Lead. I have Cassie Brunetto here. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about women in cybersecurity and especially you just got back from Black Hat, right? Yes, I was at DEF CON and B-Side, so it was actually a refreshing amount of women there. I was pleasantly surprised. So tell me about it. I just see a lot of the things that have been going around on Twitter and I'm just like, man, I wish I was there. But, you know, you were you were right there tweeting, keeping everybody on your Twitter feed uh, abreast of what's going on. So w- tell me what's exciting. What's going on? So there are a lot of great talks there. I went to some Sky Talks. Obviously, I can't talk about what was discussed there. I went to some workshops as well. So that was really cool. I did an incident response workshop for hackers and incident responders. Nice. Um, there were some issues, though, I had, I had heard about with some women um, being harassed. So obviously, that's not something that we look forward to have happening. But unfortunately, this is something that as a woman in the industry, it's something that you deal with a lot and it's not uncommon. And someone that has been harassed myself, uh, I look to help other women and I'm always here and I have an ear to listen because it's just not something you really look forward to going through. You want to do your job and and enjoy what you're doing. And yeah, exactly. it's not really it's not really something that um, I feel anybody should have to go through. So other than that, it was really nice. And I met a lot of amazing people that I look forward to seeing again next year. That's cool. That's cool. I've actually never been to Las Vegas. Oh, so. wow. It's draining. It's it's a lot. Like I had to take today off of work. Um, it's, you know, the three, two, one rule. You want to make sure you sleep for three hours and eat two meals a day and shower once. <laughs> shower once. <laughs> yeah, the amount of stuff that goes on during that time frame, I just can't imagine how busy it is. And especially with all those parties that go on at the vendors throw, I'm sure that those were a lot of fun. Yeah, they were super fun. Uh, lots of amazing people there. Got to talk with people um, and just really see what is going on in the industry and what has been going on at other villages. Um, I heard that there was an issue with a company that was trying to solicit a fake quantum cryptography product. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's never a dull moment at a hacker summer camp. That's really cool. That's really cool. Really interesting. I, I'm probably going to hear more about that as the weeks go on. 
with all the reporters that are going to be talking about defcon b-sides and black hat so it'll be definitely be interesting so i'm looking forward to it so tell me how did you get to where you are today so i more or less traveled the path um, that other people would probably not expect. I dropped out of high school. I had a child at a young age, um, but it was a lot of hard work and dedication and it was worth it. Um, I actually have my bachelor's and my master's degree in information security and assurance now. And I recently passed my CISSP certification exam. I'm also Security Plus and SSCP certified. Um, and getting into information security was really just um, a whim of the moment. I was in class with someone and they showed me Kali Linux and they demonstrated how to set up a fake Wi-Fi access point for our colleagues to connect to and and the rest was history. I just thought it was so interesting and I'm like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, you know, setting up those access points is always good fun to play uh, pranks on your, your fellow colleagues. Yes. So the um, so you said you're a single mom or sorry, you had a you had a child at a young age. So um, just personally for me, I when I was 18, three days after uh, my 18th birthday, my son was born. So I know what it's like to be a single parent and having a kid at a young age. So and you're doing it. You've got a bachelor's, you've got a master's. And I mean, I'm telling you, that's that's rough stuff. Congratulations. I mean, that's the success story. Thank Seriously, you so much. That's awesome. And I mean, CISSP, I I'm never going to take that test again. I'm yeah. gonna, <laughs> I'm never, that was brutal. I am never going to ever take that test again. Six hours of just, I, I will pay, what? what is it, $115 now um, a year? It's like $250 now. They, they increase the, the fees. So it's, I don't want to take the test either, um, but I think it opened a lot of doors for me. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. It, I mean, I think it's good for overall understanding. Um, I, you hear a lot of you hear a lot of people in the community say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're CISSP, but do you really know anything?" But at the end of the day, it's just like you have a broad range of things that you had to study and had to, had a knowledge of. You may not be technically there, but you have at least under a, a huge understanding of how information security fits across an entire architecture at a base level. So I, I think it's great training and it was a rough test and I'm just gonna continue paying the annual fees and do the CPE so I never have to take that test again. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so you just recently switched your role. Um, you were doing something and now you're at a nonprofit. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so I'm actually transitioning industries and I did just co-found a nonprofit. So our oh, nice. nonprofit gate breachers, um, I co-founded it with the creator of Pulse Dive, which is a threat intelligence platform and another person, Ashley Taylor. Um, check her out on Twitter, InfoSec Taylor. Um, Gate Preacher's mission is to place women into jobs in cybersecurity. That is our goal. It's short, it's sweet, it's simple. And some of the service that we will be providing include resume reviews, interview preparation, and salary negotiation. We'll be working with some staffing agencies as well as universities and colleges and some other companies so that we can place women into jobs. And our goal is to place qualified women because I, from what I have heard, 
a lot of places just look to hire women to meet a diversity quota. And I don't really think that's necessarily fair to the candidate or the employer, right? Because you want to have somebody that knows what they're doing that can add value to your business and to your security program. So we want to help women either get more experience so they can get to the point of being able to apply to the role that they want, or we want to help people that have experience that might not necessarily have put it on their resume in a way that communicates that they have made a process more efficient or they've saved money or they've reduced the number of incidents at a certain department. So that's really our goal. We want to help women and And not in just a sense of, okay, this is how we help this person. They got a job. No, we want to be able to give them an experience that they can take and use it going forward as they advance their career in the cybersecurity industry. So speaking of women in cybersecurity, now when I'm on LinkedIn and when when I'm on Twitter and I see a lot of things about women in cybersecurity, we're, we're talking about you know, women that are maybe at the cusp of graduation or just thinking about, you know, uh, uh, getting a bachelor's degree in, in computer science. Um, so what do you what are you seeing? I mean, I I personally think that we should be focusing on getting girls into STEM programs from the very get go. But at least from uh, getting to a professional level. Uh, the professional careers, are you seeing more women um, trending to get into these programs at these uh, corporations or or small businesses? Yeah, so I've actually gone to a couple meetups recently. There was one in New York City that I attended um, and there are multiple organizations like Women in Security and Privacy, WISP. They were also at Hacker Summer Camp. They were really great. They sponsored 92 women to go, paid for their DEF CON badge, and gave them a $500 stipend, which was really amazing because not a lot of people can afford to go to Las Vegas when they have bills, they have kids, they have obligations. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. And there are also several other organizations out there like Girls Who Code, Girls in Tech, Hacker and Heels, and of course, Gate Breachers uh, that we just founded. I am seeing a lot more women engaged and and interested. Either they're moving from a business or accounting industry or they're they're coming from the military and they want to move more towards cybersecurity. So I think to help facilitate that, we need to empower coordinators and leverage existing efforts and collaborate so that we can work together instead of trying to fill in gaps that other companies or organizations might already be covering. So that's kind of what we're doing at Gate Breachers, right? Because we want to collaborate with these businesses to develop new programs and systems to improve the recruitment and retention of women. And we also want to leverage social media platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn and um, even just creating a website to get the information out there because a lot of people aren't on Twitter and um, they're looking for resources and information. And being a woman, I know... Uh, A lot of people are discouraged or they feel like it's a male dominated industry and you have to compete with them and go over and beyond 
which in some cases you do. Um, but we're definitely seeing a lot more women even moving into managerial positions, uh, which is really nice. So I think that as the cybersecurity field grows, the number of women are also going to grow in proportion. I think um, the ISC Squared published a report of women in cybersecurity, and there's around 24% of women um, in the field right now. So that's really great to see. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so with gate breachers, do you do you coordinate with the other nonprofits and try to come up with a uh, maybe a cumulative two, five, ten year plan and how we could get women into cybersecurity roles? Or is there is there something that, you know, you could maybe speak to and how, how we get there as far as some of the goals that you guys have as an organization? Yeah, of course. So personally, in two years, I would like to see gate breachers working with between 10 to 15 companies. I'd like to use metrics to evaluate the impact of the initiative to see how many women we're helping, what the turnaround time is, and um, how much money these people are making, if they're making more money, uh, if they have mm-hmm. better opportunities. In five years, I'd like to be working with at least 50 companies. Um, and then I'd also like to reevaluate the company at that point. And in 10 years, I hope to be working with at least 100 companies and I wanna place at least 1,000 women into jobs. So mm-hmm. um, we're definitely looking at preparing women and getting qualified women into information security roles, as well as providing the resources to people that might not have as much professional experience necessarily. Uh, I know people often ask me like, what certification should I get? Or should I go to this college? And I think it really depends on what you want to do because they're in information security. There are so many paths you can take. So mm-hmm. um, there really is no cookie cutter um, kind of. Um, like a white, picket, no, a, white, a white picket fence and everything yeah. is going to be okay. And, you know, yeah. if you do, if you, uh, if you roll five, you'll always go five and you'll always get to the, the finish line. No, I get it. You know, life is like that, right? It's, uh, it, it's never a straight line and it's always going to be a, a topsy turvy curvy road to get where you need to be as long as you're, you're moving towards it. Right. Exactly. Yes. So it's like, yeah. I always, I always say that to the folks and, you know, it's really it's really interesting to see that um, your two, five year, 10, 10 year mission plan is moving towards this. I think that I think that one of the things that um, at least that's close to me is that I have a daughter. Right. And like I want her to be in. Well, not I don't want to say that I'm biased, but I'd like her to be in some kind of IT field, you know, because your father is. But yeah. You see now nowadays it's, uh, the the uh, how do I say this the the narrative is not for really women for the past ten years or twenty years or fifty years has not been in technology it's uh, you know um, administrative work or or something else but now we're seeing more of equality and you know people. You know, there's a there's a a need a, a skill set and there's a shortage. How do we get these How do we get these young girls to be involved? How I mean, what what can we do to uh, get them involved in STEM or um, or any kind of technology field? Yeah, so I actually saw a lot of families and children um, in Las Vegas, which. I was really surprised about, but learning about different organizations that are there to 
educate kids is amazing. Um, there's Roots, and they actually have reverse engineering, soldering, cryptography, and how to responsibly disclose security bugs. They have workshops and games that are catered to kids so that they can learn, right? And then we also have a lot more STEM programs and schools. Like when I was growing up in the 90s, I think the closest thing to like computers was playing Oregon Trail uh, in the computer lab. Like we didn't have programming, we didn't have any of that. So everything was really self-taught for me. Now we have schools that are established specifically for STEM programs. I know in New Jersey, we have the STEM Innovation Academy of the Oranges. We have Middlesex County Academy for STEM. We have STEM mm -hmm. Civics Middle School. So um, even summer programs, I know Girls Who Code, they have an immersive program. It might be a couple weeks and they'll build upon what you learn from the beginning and, and keep moving to a more intermediate and then advanced level. So I think that having your children participate in programs like that and encouraging them and being there for them to help with their hobby. You might not necessarily have to work in IT, um, but being able to bring them to someplace like DEF CON where there are so many workshops, there's talks and there's so many subject matter experts that you can really learn about the field is, is pivotal for getting more girls in cybersecurity because unless you really get your hands on and see what you're going to be doing, it's hard to gauge for children like, oh, is this something I want to do? Like, I'm just being told to do this. Like, but am I really going to enjoy it? So having them involved in things like that, I think is really going to increase the chances of getting that interest from girls and boys as well. But, um, you know, we definitely want to encourage girls and we are wired differently, not that we're better or worse, but we just think about things differently. So by only recruiting men, um, I think that you're doing a disservice to your own organization because you're limiting your innovative capabilities and you're just kind of thinking inside the box, which, you know, great ideas never came from in, from thinking inside of the box. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. You've got to challenge the status quo and you got to you got to shake the tree every once in a while. So I get yeah. it. So is it is it bad to say that like my my first lesson for my kids to in information security is to teach them how to pick locks? No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, it might not be in, in your favor. I, I remember fondly picking my first lock in high school because my mom put a steering column on my car and she's like, you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, oh, yes, I am. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, that's bad news for me, but they're still young. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think that it's great. And, and it kind of you kind of build upon that foundation. Like there are rules here, but they can be broken and there are ways to circumvent the controls that are in place right and I think that's so much fun and that really brought me to this industry because I like when you tell me I can't doing I can't do something I'm gonna do it <laughs> just for just for the reason that you told me I can't uh, unless it's illegal <laughs> but I think that curiosity and and that desire to and passion to learn even as adults like that never dies out in information security you're constantly challenging yourself and learning new things and new concepts and and you're learning about new attack vectors and the threat landscape is constantly changing and evolving so i i really think that we're all just really big kids and we just have bigger toys and more expensive toys but i i definitely think that encouraging kids 
um, to learn and be involved in this field is important because they're going to be leading us in t in ten or twenty years. Yeah, and, exactly. And everything changes so rapidly with you know information of of um, technology, and uh, we definitely need people that are going to be able to stay abreast of what's going on and be able to stay ahead of the game. So I think that um, going forward, we'll see a lot more programs for girls and women to be able to get involved in the cybersecurity industry. Yeah, I think that we're also seeing a lot of gamification of of a lot of things, um, not just technically the, the produce um, quality performers or quality uh, quality technicians in the field, but you know you're seeing a lot of that in also security awareness, like in your right. So in your previous role, uh, you help physicians with their cybersecurity efforts. Um, a lot of what I've seen, and this is like you know back ten years, people would say, okay, you need to read this document, you need to look at this PowerPoint slide, blah blah blah. It's it's different now. Um, I mean, you were you were working with these physicians. How do you get these non-technical types to, you know, pay attention to cybersecurity? I think it's really important to make security awareness personal, right? So um, I've included in my presentations videos of people at like DEF CON, social engineering, other people, just to show how easy it is for someone to call up your mobile carrier and change your PIN. They can add themselves as an authorized user to your account. Um, it's important to have them think about this not only at work, but when they're at home, when they're at school, mm -hmm. when they're in public places, um, because security best practices should be applied everywhere. And clicking on a link or opening an attachment might not seem very consequential, but in the grand scheme of things, you can lose your job, you can lose your house, you can lose everything just from being negligent, right? So I think um, letting people know what to look for in terms of phishing emails and you know, don't click on this PayPal link, even if it says it's from PayPal, hover over it first, things like that, um, because they can and they will be exposed to these things at home. People are getting fished left and right, um, especially with the holidays that are going to be coming up later this year. You get the e-cards the e and the fake gift cards. And especially uh, I feel so bad for like older people because they really have no idea and they're just so vulnerable to it. Right. Because they you know, they just didn't grow up knowing like these things exist. So. Uh, I just try to make it very personal and and let them know like these aren't things that you're just going to be exposed to while you're in the workplace. These are these attackers are in this for money and this is a business for them. So there are no mm -hmm. rules. This isn't um, this isn't something that you can ever really prepare for. But just being aware of what's going on and knowing that there are certain procedures you should take before doing something. Um, I know, especially with senior management, they're very busy. They're clicking on things because they need to look at them. But um, especially to get support from senior management and to build that security culture is super important because if you don't have that, then no one's going to take it seriously. Yeah, no, I get it. So women back the women in cybersecurity because i know that there's a lot of people here that um will be interested in knowing what your nonprofit is doing so who who should we be following um who are the leaders in cybersecurity that are women that um we should be looking at 
uh, for guidance or at least seeing what they're up to and seeing where they're talking next to kind of be inspired. Wow. So there are so many. Um, Ian Coldwater is amazing. Ashley Carhart. Um, Malware Unicorn is up there. Um, gosh, there's so many amazing women. Um, and these are all on Twitter, on, right? Because yeah, you know. they're all on they're on Twitter. Malware Unicorn um, is the handle. Uh, for Amanda Russell, I think I'm saying her last name right. I hope I'm not butchering that. <laughs> Ian Coldwater, I believe, is just Ian Coldwater. Mm-hmm. Um, Infosec underscore Taylor. Um, she is one of the co-founders of my nonprofit, Gab Smash. Uh, she is actually a cyber instructor as well. So I would look out for her. Um, Let's see. There's so there's so many people to name. Um, Gab smashes Gab smash with two H's. Um, yeah. So I mean, depending on what you're looking for, um, there are so many different people. There's Caitlin Bowden, um, badass Bowden. She actually um, founded the Badass Army, and they help with people that leak nudes, um, which is, you know, something that should never happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there are so many women and they, most of us follow each other. So if you look at like our followers and you just go through the list, you'll see that there are so many people, there's too many to name, but you know, we're, we're very supportive and encouraging towards each other because it is, it is a very close knit community. Um, as much as people think it's a big community, like it's very small in a sense. So we, we all talk to each other. Um, and I would encourage people to definitely follow them because they give out advice as to what it's like just being a woman in the industry or they're giving security metrics or interesting articles. Um, Swift on security too is another one. So I would definitely recommend following all those people. If you look at my followers, um, my handle is loquacious loca backwards with a k um don't ask i will will make sure that i post this on the podcast so people are trying to figure this out um so yeah i i have a lot of people that i follow and that follow me that are great too um i just i try not to be on twitter all day because you can get lost in that in that um rabbit hole but yeah, there's so many people out there that are have just been so motivational and inspiring for me personally, like seeing how these women are doing so much and making such a big impact in the industry that I, I think it's great. And we need more of that, more motivation and positivity and inclusion. Cool. So last bit, you have, I don't know, 10 seconds to say whatever you want to say to the DevSec lead community. What's the most inspiring, motivational thing that you can say to us? I would say that no matter what, do not give up as much as it's it's very easy to think about just not doing it anymore. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. You can help so many people and you might not even realize it, but um, it's, a, it's a rewarding experience to be involved in this community. So I would definitely recommend that you go out there and chase your dreams and just kill it because you got this. You are capable and I believe in you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Awesome. Great. We'll hear more from you soon. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Thank you so much.
That's a wrap for this episode of DevSec Lead. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, share the link, share the podcast, spread the love, and we'll talk to you all later.